Don't f me up on my intro. <laughs> Don't f me up on my intro. I always nail my intro. I wish you just had more confidence. So I could give you one gift. <laughs> You're making me really self conscious now. Okay. Hello and welcome to. <laughs> <laughs> that is wheezy. Hello and welcome to Girls With Goals. I'm Neve Marr and I'm delighted to welcome my guest this week, two very funny women, Pamela Joyce and Kira Knight join me on the panel. A little bit later on we'll be talking to retired Irish Paralympian Patrice Dockery. But first up, let's kick things off with our favourite game. It's called Six Words or Less and it's for our listeners and our readers who may not know who you are, so a lot of them. We have to describe ourselves <laughs> in six words or less. It can be a sentence or it can be a string of words. So I think we're going to go with Pamela first. So oh, six sure. words or less. I'm going to go with chunky yet funky Gemma Collins enthusiast. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. That is some pressure <laughs> for you, Kira. <laughs> okay. Um, six words. I can make a really obvious joke and just say not very good at counting. <laughs> so, Classic. So, so sorry. Classic. That's five words. I, that's the joke. Oh, shit. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, bright one. Let's really quickly move on. So let's talk about social media a little bit. So you're both incredibly accomplished at it in your own specific way. So Kira, Twitter is where your strengths are. You're a writer, first off. I didn't really explain. Actually, why don't the two of you introduce each other more for our <laughs> readers? So Pamela, if you were to kind of explain well, what Kira I'm does. I'm a nice person and I'm going to get in. Okay. Yeah. Kira is a writer. Yes. For Joe.co.uk. She is. Yeah. Uh, she's a lovely person. Mm-hmm. And she's she tickles me with her uh, her humour day in, day out. Oh, that's so nice. That's so nice. And she also only wears Christmas socks. That's true. <laughs> Which is an incredible attribute that you have. Thank you. I don't even know how you manage it. A lot of pairs. <laughs> Kira, if you were to describe Pamela. Uh, Pamela Joyce, I believe, is uh, she is a comedian... Um, she does really funny uh, stuff on Facebook. She's got a really good Facebook page that you should check out. Ooh, plug early. Um, and she's also a very nice person and funny. Keyword. <laughs> you do have a really big following on Facebook and you kind of started a couple of years ago, didn't you? I think it was two and a half years ago now. And you started with, it was a kind of impersonations? You, you did a few blogger ones. Yeah. Which went down a treat in the blogging community. <laughs> I <laughs> love that. Laughed them up. You have a little hashtag that says "No offense meant" on a lot of the videos. <laughs> I meant offense. <laughs> Clear. Yeah. I had to like issue a status once, being like, "Oh, actually, I wasn't targeting anyone." Really sorry, but not sorry at all. But you weren't actually targeting specific no. ones. You were just kind of skirting around the that whole. That was the whole joke that they all say the same thing all the time. Yeah, and they each decided that it was about them specifically. Okay, and I've been blocked by a few of them. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, which really cut me deep. Oh, really? No, because I mean, you kind of you do have a big social media following yourself now. So yeah, but I are wouldn't you kind of a blogger. No, now? I wouldn't describe myself as a blogger or an influencer. I I'm, don't know what I am. Yeah, I'm just there. Okay. Buzzing around. You also did some funny Irish mammy ones, which went down a tree. Um, I actually just had a missed call off mommy there. Did you really? Yeah. How's she getting on? She's good. Yeah. Extremely irritating. <laughs> day in, day out. Could but we ring her back on air? <laughs> that would be a treat. Huh? Where am I? The thing that me and Kira couldn't stop laughing about with your videos was through most of them, you just always had a tea towel on yeah. your shoulder. Yeah, that it's killed key. me. Yeah. 
That like no matter what she's doing, she could be in the car, tea towel on the shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Getting in the, the kids shower. from school, tea towel on the shoulder. <laughs> Buying a new tea towel, old tea towel on the shoulder. <laughs> You're also pretty famous for your makeup tutorials. I mean, I'm really pretty, so it just works out. <laughs> just I works. Mean, uh, I did a Kylie Jenner one, mm-hmm. which was, you know, went down a treat and then went from there. Well received. Yeah. But not taking the piss, of course. Oh, absolutely taking the piss. Yeah. <laughs> in every way possible. You're never going to do anything serious no, on like the internet. No, like one of my eyeshadow shades is Pascal Sheehy. Yeah. That's perfect. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> Another one is social welfare. A yeah. great shade. Scourge. <laughs> We'll edit that out if you want. What colour is that? It's a lovely, like, grey, oh, lovely like the, shade. The it's old nice. card, kind of. Yeah. Sure. I've just uh, made a little note there to edit that out. No, so okay. I will be doing that. Kira, you don't do um, tutorials on social media. You're more Not of a yet. Twitterer? Tweeter? Yep. Twist? Would be, yeah. I'm pretty bad on everything else. I'm not even great on Twitter. But <laughs> I'm terrible at everything else. You've had your moments on Twitter. Yeah. Sure. I've asked you before, just around the office, about how you kind of come to your tweets yeah how you think of them do you park them do you think of them and then go yeah I'm definitely going to tweet that I'm going to tweet it at a certain time no there's no strategy okay might come across <laughs> there's there's no strategy like, so when you think of something you you then tweet it yeah unless it's like midnight or something okay. I might save it for the morning but Good. usually yeah I'll just tweet it or if it's not fully formed I'll just drop it in a little note on my phone and then think about it for like Six days. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, same question for both of you now. What do you think the objective of social media is? Uh, I would say to lower the nation's self-esteem, to make everyone feel terrible about themselves, <laughs> and just general bad influence on people. Wow, that's how I yeah. would put it. Sponsors, <laughs> brands, come here. I'm joking. No, I think. I don't know. What do you think? I think it's just a fun way to waste time, isn't it? I don't think I like I, I like I'm asking as a genuine cuz yeah. I didn't have social media until like I started my first Bebo account when I was in my first year of college. Wow. Whoa, you're old. That's a wild So I didn't have Facebook or anything until I went on my J1 actually. So Okay. Yeah, so I kind of missed the whole secondary school social media thing. <laughs> I'm really glad I missed that. Did you yeah. miss it as well? We had Bebo in like fourth year maybe. Okay. Yeah, but I didn't really give it a lot of time. No. And what about your process? Have you ever regretted something that you've posted instantly? Like, for example, that poor woman on the Great British Bake Off. Oh, Prue. 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 Poor Prue. Yeah. Prue. Just if, in case you missed it, which I don't think you could, Prue Leith is one of the judges on Great British Bake Off and she tweeted a big congrats to the winner before the actual episode had aired and then when she was contacted by the press association to comment on it she actually said that she was in too much of a state which I read as drunk (laughs) 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 in too much of a state to comment sorry but she was on holidays and she was in a different time zone and she got confused yeah I really think I think it's unacceptable though well I think it's unacceptable like the same way that Donald Trump tweets you Mm -hmm. know yeah as in like somebody should be monitoring then that's an ageist thing Oh, that is an ageist thing. Yeah. Like sure. my mom, like even my sister. Once she was like, she wasn't even that old. Neve, she was like thirty. All right. <laughs> she went to search my current, my boyfriend at the time's name on Facebook, but she okay. put his name as her status. <laughs> <laughs> I was like eighteen, and I was like, "What is going on?" And she like so. It's just. It's funny though when it comes to and again not being ageist, but. Um, one of the guests we had on before, Angela Scanlon, who's really famous, more famous than you guys put together. Um, <laughs> she she told me about how her dad comments on, or when you're congratulating people on Facebook, 
he would say happy birthday but he wouldn't tag the person and then he would put it on <laughs> he would put it on his own wall so his wall was just happy birthday Mary happy birthday Kieran, happy birthday if that was like a Tumblr page that would be Brilliant. killer I would laugh so but it is I mean it's a really fun, I don't think there's anything funnier than my mother on social media she's absolutely brilliant I call her two comment cash she always comments twice <laughs> so she'll comment under a photo great picture and then again she'll comment I love you so much of course like within <laughs> two to three yeah, minutes of course yeah and she sets up new Instagram accounts every few months Instagram she, Instagram nifty oh yeah she follows me on Instagram but she only follows me and my sister-in-law so like she's the first one to look at my Good. story <laughs> <laughs> because it's just me and Amelia that's and that's fair. it it is fair but she keeps forgetting her password she keeps setting up new Instagram accounts with slightly different handles and then adding me again and I'm like you're Which, full stalking me I have a theory because Neve always brags about her Instagram followers and I think they're just her mom setting up new accounts every week <laughs> um, okay I don't like want to compare but I have over 1100 followers on Instagram <laughs> so how many do you have Kira? a uh, <laughs> couple it's not Instagram's not your thing so tell me about what you think of social media stars. Are they selling out? Oh, controversial question. I would include myself in that sellout. Yeah. All right. Like, well, like, you know, I give out about them and then I'm like, oh, I'll do that. That's a bit of fun. Okay. So I, I don't really believe in the concept of someone being just a social media star. Yeah. Like, that's not really a thing. Yeah. But people are getting into social media yeah. now because they're seeing that path of becoming... Insta famous yeah. by just social media stars. Who is like name five social media stars? No. Okay, because I'm not sure I know. Well, no, as in I'm not going to name them because I don't want to alienate anybody, yeah. but there are definitely people now who are just. Do you mean an influencer? That. Yeah, I suppose it's one of those things that people are starting to get annoyed by it. But people are annoyed by everything that people do on social yeah. media. Like, what are the top things that annoy you? Let's straight out the gate say relationships on social media. 100%. Oh, yeah, like this one. Not everyone's boyfriend could be called this, this one. one. Yeah. Give him his name. Yeah. <laughs> this Gerald one. or whatever. <laughs> this one and just like the three pink hearts. Yeah. And like hashtag my best friend. It's like, we'll make your mind up. Love You're either lovers or best friends. You can't have both. Oh, lovers. <laughs> lovers. Ugh. Gross. So and my awful. friend has a thing about couples who go to the zoo together okay she can't stand it which oh. I get I get I think it's cute I went to zoo with my dad once so that's as close as I've been <laughs> that was weird zoo is class <laughs> but I have to, I've been in relationships before where I've like smacked it all over social media and then I've had to go and do this really awkward Delete. thing of deleting all the pictures well, yeah. actually he did it for me first he actually <laughs> like, yeah so cute it was a great day <laughs> Del- so. deleted me off everything and also there's psychology behind it that says you're probably not super happy in your relationship if you have to have the validation of the likes someone had a really good tweet before and it was like how's your boyfriend that you stopped mentioning all of a sudden (laughs) 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 I thought that was so salty what about selfies I'm okay with the odd selfie Kira loves a good selfie (laughs) I don't like her phone is just full of selfies (laughs) Pamela I don't know if we're telling people this Kira but I got in a selfie with Kira at the weekend excuse me I know hang on <laughs> I've never been in a selfie with Kira. I know and to be honest with you I asked her when she was a little bit vulnerable she was dressed up like a box of Iodé tablets that's true <laughs> um, I had zombie face paint so. she did have zombie face and I actually think she forgot about it until I showed it to her today <laughs> please tweet it Instagram it no I was it everywhere. I was really close to Instagramming it and tweeting it but uh, she'd never speak to you ever again <laughs> <laughs> what is there two photos or one photo of you in circulation um 
two yeah so there's this one that I photoshop into everything mm-hmm. and then I had to get one for work okay. I was like do I really and they're like yes yeah you do there's another thing that I find really funny on, on social media you know those cryptic kind of attention seeking status updates oh, yeah, yeah. when they yeah, don't when they don't really give you any information but they just want someone to write to them PM like, me hon yeah yeah but it but it's it can be something as obtuse as like it's like sad eating my curry alone or something yeah <laughs> some load of snakes in this town you know who you are yeah so and then like feeling angry tagging the emotion and the feeling have you ever scrolled back through your own Facebook account I don't want to talk about it (laughs) I don't want to talk about it and looked at your status updates from way back when like honestly because you know the way it has Neve Mar is yeah like I used to just write stuff like Neymar is drunk <laughs> third person but like back, th- back then I would get like 16 likes on it wow now I sh- now I share things for work and I get zero likes yeah. everybody hates me on Facebook nobody follows me or anything I recently yeah. went back through my Twitter I tried to do that but it was t- it took too long to get it back was, it, it took a while but it was worth it really um, I used to tweet Demi Lovato all the time and ask her to come to Ireland <laughs> I loved her so much come to Brazil um, I actually oh, I'm pretty impressed with this but I got own quig from the X Factor to wish my best friend happy birthday on Twitter which is pretty huge Uncle, the guy who had really yeah. high hair yeah yeah, yeah we're, I remember we're good pals yeah. uh, it's, my old Twitter is a pretty dark place there's a thing you can use to go back and find your very first tweet and I did it one day and I deleted it straight away it was like <laughs> Kira Knight hopes it will snow open bracket even just a tiny bit comes bracket <laughs> Who was I speaking to? So I think mine. I, I think mine was that awful thing where I think I said something along the lines of "Is this Twitter or oh, something?" This is my first tweet. Yeah, it was the worst. But I'm from the generation that when Instagram started, I thought it was just a photo editing app. I didn't know that things were being posted. <gasps> what were you editing? No, like I wasn't. It wasn't anything Dirty. nude. But like, if you go back and you scroll back enough of people who are kind of 30, 31, at the very beginning, nobody understood what Instagram was. So it's just random pictures of highly filtered pictures <laughs> that we then posted on other social media sites. So I would go into Instagram, filter the shit out of something, and then post it on my Facebook. And I was like, yeah. "There's this really cool photo editing app." And then I was like, "Oh wait." This is actually a lot. That probably doesn't apply to you kids. What about, uh, speaking of kids, kids on social media? Love it? Hate it? Not friends with a lot of kids. If I'm... (laughs) (laughs) If I'm related to them, I enjoy it. If I'm not, I don't want to see it. Really? Yeah. Like, good for you, you had a child. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I'll mute. As soon as the scan goes up, I'm like, mute. Because I'm not with them all the way through to, like... Or, like, if there's the, like... 38 weeks like holding the belly <laughs> you know it's coming like, I don't like I understand it. you get pregnant for 40 weeks and then baby comes out that's fine <laughs> I understand baby basic comes. biology but you know what I think is funny about it like because social media didn't start until we were grown up what about all these kids what about when they grow up and they realise their whole life has been documented I have been on social media yeah. since I was like oh ma'am I was falling over as a kid I was just trying to walk like what gave you the right to put that up on social media they're kind of lucky though because like any footage of me as a child is like on a camcorder or something like whereas they're getting like full HD 4K well it's pretty my nice. parents didn't take any videos of me because there's a seven year gap between me and the next ones they just didn't care by the time I got around <laughs> that was the same as me though yeah. I was the baby well there's actually only a year and a half they just really didn't really like here. me <laughs> yeah there's no videos of me and I'd say I was hilarious <laughs> <laughs> okay Kira. <laughs> so I suppose Attention. The whole point, neither of you answer my question about what the objective of social media is, by the way. I did. I said it was just to waste time. 
I don't think I don't think I personally have it in me to achieve anything through social media. Um, you achieved a viral tweet. I I think everyone's had a viral tweet at this point. I 100 percent haven't. Let's read yours out. At Kira underscore night. The postman told me he's off to Spain tomorrow, so I asked, was he going to Barcelona? And he ignored what I believe to be my best joke of 2014. <laughs> I mean, it's gold. Yeah, it's, it's even worse to hear it read out to you. <laughs> when did you think of that? Um, 2013. Do you want to hear the actual story? I'd love it. Can I, can I talk about how many retweets and likes it had? No, that's a bit vulgar. Is it? Um, you want to so know, Pamela, don't you? Oh, I know. I go on her Twitter every single day. <laughs> Every so day. She only started following me like two weeks ago. Um, so Tell the, me. It didn't actually happen, I guess, to ruin the illusion. I did not speak to my postman. Uh, so I was in another job and I used to do some like production stuff for radio. And one of the presenters came in and he was like, I want this song for a bed. <laughs> Beds can't listen to music. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I'm trying to make this story radio somewhat joke. interesting. <laughs> um, okay, so... The, the band was called I'm from Barcelona and I'd never heard of them so I was typing them in and I typed Barcelona instead of Barcelona and I did that thing where you kind of just laughed yourself and I went like huh Barcelona <laughs> and then just moved on with my day but then it was still in my head like the next day I was like actually that's kind of funny and then I just worked backwards and made that's up a joke beautiful thing um, but yeah it's nice it's nice to see something build and like get a bit of traction do you think you'll ever get back to the heights of Barcelona? Yeah, I had one that did similarly well as that. What? It was it was a headline. It was a picture of Pink. And it was like, Pink announces she's pregnant with Instagram posts. And I was like, I thought you were going to get pregnant with a baby, but this is exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I, think that, I think that has more likes than the oh. Barcelona one. You've also written um, a lot of articles about social media. Have I? <laughs> no, never. Mm. Wouldn't. You wrote this whole thing on YouTube tutorials, which was pretty funny. Oh yeah. So it was about um, you. You have a YouTube channel, don't you? No. Okay. Sorry. I've tried to set one up like ten times and I can't figure it out. <laughs> I'm sure it's fairly it's just, like my nephew name has one. Password yeah. is done. <laughs> no, it's too hard. But there was. Um, I think it's still a trend. But there was definitely a trend that started a couple of years ago of story time where people would essentially YouTube people would tell a story about something but they started having these crazy clickbait mm-hmm. headlines yeah and you wrote about it's like a stalker broke into my house and then well, you did what like, really happened is like the postman just left something under the mat of the door <laughs> or like in a window so you did something like I was arrested for drug possession felonies <laughs> story time and then you went what probably happened was she went in to get a few salpidine and the chemist asked her if she was alright and if that was a powerful choice it sounds like but we're all a little bit guilty of clickbait sometimes I think I think everything is actually clickbait yeah it is Every, like even a Facebook status you want someone to like it so nobody likes my Facebook status it's make them better not funny <laughs> Bazinga <laughs> I'm just glad usually Kira's mean to me so I'm glad there's someone else to focus on Bazinga I get more Instagram likes there was an Instagram post that Kira put up and I thought it was really funny and I think I wrote under it come on let's go for the 12 or something like that that's so mean it's pretty funny you're funny on Twitter you normally get Instagram no no she's not Yes, yeah. She normally gets like four to six likes. Untrue. <laughs> Sometimes I hit ten. Um, I can't really breathe at the moment, so we're gonna take we're gonna take a break. We're gonna go into our spotlight on sport, and we'll be back in a second. Joined now by Patrice Stockery. 
a extremely talented Paralympian athlete who is highly decorated as well. We're going to talk about your career um, at the Paralympics and all of that in a little while. But first off, Patrice, can you just tell me about your childhood and how you got involved in track in the first place? I actually uh, was born with spina bifida. And um, how I got involved in sport was actually through my parents. I was one of those children that was very shy. And I just, you, you know, I, I'd be one of those children that you go up to and you just say hello to it. And immediately I would just blush and, you know, be quite anxious and, you know, all of that. And I, I don't necessarily think it was anything to do with my disability. I think that was just the type of child I was. So mum and dad, to help me get over that, they said they'd throw me into sport you know, to try and build up my confidence, to be around other people and just to be able to, um, just to socialise really. So they had no intention or they didn't, I was very young, like I was only probably about 10. So they didn't know I actually had a talent, you know, in the sporting uh, arena. So um, basically they brought me down to the Irish Wheelchair Association. And the great thing about um, IWA sport is that as a junior athlete, you're thrown into everything. You try every sport. And so I played basketball. I even did archery, a bit of table tennis, um, and of course, track. And I immediately fell in love with this. I loved the speed. I loved the equipment, uh, you know, and everything about it. So um, it just happened that I was actually okay at it. And the IWA Sports through the coaches there, and my mum and dad, they just created a, a nice environment for me to grow in that. So then when you went to your first Paralympics, it was 1988, wasn't that right? So it was 1988, so you were going, obviously you'd represented Ireland for years as a junior before. How did you feel or, or how was it representing Ireland at the Paralympics on such a huge stage? Like, tell me about even base level, how nervous you were, or were you more excited? Or what were you feeling before you went into your very first Paralympics? Well, a mix of emotions. Exactly what you said there. I was nervous. I was excited. I only wanted to be there. I, I like, I suppose the first real, uh, you know, uh, emotion that came uh, was when I got the letter through the door saying I was selected. So this is my, kind of my first official, it's to say, I was actually a Paralympian, you know, and like uh, that's, you know, you can't compete at any higher level, you know, than at a Paralympics. So that was really, really exciting. And then getting the kit, I had the Irish tracksuit. This was amazing. Then like, you know, uh, going up to the airport, being in the full kit, our supporters arriving there and, you know, um, just, you know, going off. And also I was quite young. I was only 17. Um, I was in my leaving search year, so um, there was a lot going on anyway, you know. So, um, yeah, we just, uh, but I was very, very lucky. I was part of a a, a team that had um, athletes that would have competed before, so they all took me under their wing, um, and they, they, to be honest, most of those people were my mentors and they trailblazed for the likes of myself and the John Fulhams and you know the Mark Barrys and all that were coming through anyway at this stage so um they took me under the wing I just followed their guidance and my coaches looked after me and yes I was very nervous but 
a good nervous and you know I am um, they taught me how to control it and then just to be able to put it into my race and I actually performed really really well I got fourth place in the 100 meters so you know it was it was an amazing experience and then as I said I was in my leaving search year so when I came home my whole class my whole year actually uh, came to the airport and all in their uniforms and it was just amazing and they just like were so excited for me and you know it didn't matter that it, I was um an athlete with a disability I was an athlete in their school that succeeded and they just celebrated it so you said there you did quite well obviously in and in, in the in your first one in 1988 but your career has spanned over two decades competing at this insanely high level so let's talk about career highlights so aside from maybe the first, and I feel like your first and your last always stick out in your mind a lot, but tell me about maybe, can you maybe pinpoint your top two career highlights? I know that's a tough question. I think maybe, um, well, I had world championship medals in 1990 and that, that was amazing. But I have to say my European gold in 2001 over the 5,000 meters was just, I couldn't believe it. I really could not believe it. There was a false start. And I'm glad there was a false start because I tell you why, I actually wasn't ready. You know what I mean? And so uh, they called us all back and they and I said, okay, Trix, this is it. You know, you messed up there. This is it. You you know, if you want to win this. So basically I, um, the gun went off and I just went. I just went like, oh, like it just, it was like it was released from a trap. I could not believe it in the last 150. I was out front and just to keep it going and going and going. So I think, it was a European gold and it was just amazing. But also the year before, um, at the Sydney Paralympics, I came sixth in the 5,000 metres. And I have to say, Neve, I just, oh my God, I just, I loved that race. I have goosebumps even thinking about it now. Because uh, the year before, it looked like I wouldn't even make the Irish team because the Paralympics was growing and growing and growing and it was getting harder to make your national squads. And most of the athletes I competed against were turning um, full-time. So I was working and, you know, so my coach and I, Mairead Farkson, and I made a decision that I needed to go full-time if I wanted this. And we wanted this because as an athlete, it is, yes, it's an individual sport, but you need your team around you. So we made the decision. Um, I got, I was very lucky. I got sponsorship. I uh, went off to um, Australia and I trained in with the girls that I would compete against. So basically lined up in Sydney and I suppose Homebush, you know, that's where the track was and all the rest. That's where I trained, you know, for the, the six months with the Aussie girls. And I kind of, it was nearly like lining up in Santry. I was comfortable. I was at the top of my game. I relaxed into it. The gun went and we had the most amazing race. And six of us, there was 14 in the race, but six of us crossed the line. And I was in sixth place, but with 1.2 seconds, like separating all of us. So, you know, it was very, very close. Okay, I didn't medal and I wanted to medal. And, you know, you're not a Paralympian if that's not your drive and your goal to medal. But you know what? I couldn't fault my race. I had the race of my life. So I think they were my two highlights. Yeah. So let's talk about the process that you came to when it came to retiring. Um, I think that's it's a really it's a hard thing for any athlete to do to finally say, you know what, I've done it. But looking back over your career, like you said, 
you mentioned two things there. I'm sure you could mention seven other, eight other, ten other amazing career highlights that you had. So how hard was it to finally go, you know what, I think I've done enough in this sport for now? Yeah, oh, it was really difficult because, to be honest, and this is the way I think you have to be when you're an athlete, that's all I thought I was at the time, the 24-7, all, everything I did was for my training and for my racing because, you know, that was my job at the time. So, yeah, coming into my final year, um, I was very, very lucky. I had a very, very long career. Um, it wasn't, a, you know, that I was forced to retire through injury or I, I was still being selected. I was still making the grade, but I certainly wasn't the athlete that I was. Um, I was tired. It was time. And it was, um, so we had put in place, and this is the great thing in the um, Irish Institute of Sport, a program set up basically for athletes that, uh, you know, have made the decision to retire or are forced into it, you know, through early retirement. And so I knew that support system was going to be there for me. Could, but, I couldn't let it um, become a distraction either because I was still training for Beijing. And, um, you know, I, I just had to focus in on that. But I knew that this support service was waiting for me when I got home. So, yes, I decided that the Paralympics was uh, in, in 2008 was going to be my last race. And it was my 200 metres was um, the, the going to be my final race. Uh, I didn't perform the way I thought I should have but I did the best that I could you know um at the time um so when I got home it was it was the program was put in place I was set up with um a a life coach basically Dara Sheridan and he was an amazing support and so my family and friends as well but I have to say it was quite a my life had to change basically and um I would actually say my mental health wasn't good at the time, you know, uh, uh, around it and stuff because I didn't want to race anymore. I couldn't physically, I, I even mentally, I, I didn't want to do this, but I had to find out who I was. Now, it's funny, we're, we're talking about retiring and stuff like that, but I mean, you didn't stay away from sports for too long. You're still very much involved. So tell me about what your life has been like since you retired from track since 2008, where your life has moved on, your mother now as well. So tell me a little bit about when you kind of, you know, put Patrice the athlete as number two and how you found new things in your life to be excited about. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Life is, you know, changes. And, you know, basically what happened was um, I went back to playing basketball and I think it's important for me anyway, and probably for most athletes that still to be involved in sport. I was double track at the moment and I still haven't got back into my racing chair at all. But I'm not saying that I won't, but I'm loving basketball. I'm back um, at playing and I play for Colester Wheelchair Basketball Club. Um, we have a great setup there and being involved in sport uh, I'm still competitive, even though I'm retired from international racing. And um, so I get to kind of, you know, be competitive, be the best that I can. But I'm having the crack. And with my teammates, they're all fabulous. You know, they're, they work hard. You, you know, we're kind of, I suppose, all have the same kind of mindset. We train hard, but we also have the crack and we're all really good friends and stuff like that as well. 
then Jer and I decided um, we'd get married. Now that was fabulous. We had a fantastic day. And then also we said that we'd try to have a baby and we were very lucky and we did. So um, we have little Lizzie and she's six now. And, you know, she's, um, oh, she's the center of our world, basically. She's full of life. She's spirited. She's um, stubborn. She's everything you want a, a six-year-old to be. She's just full, full of life and great fun. I think it's important for her, though, to see that her mum, you know, she knows about my racing and that's fine. But to see that, you know, that exercise and keeping well and being fit is very much part of your lifestyle. Yeah, I was going to ask, is she a sporty girl? Is she into it? I mean, I feel like I, I don't have any kids, but I feel like if I do ever have kids, I'm going to try and let them make their own decisions. But I feel like I'll just be a little pushy without being like a stage mom but I just like you said it's just sports from a young age as, as a girl I think is so important for building confidence and it doesn't matter whether you're on a course whether you're on a track I feel like it crosses over into all the other aspects of your life so is she into sport are you kind of pushing her towards it yeah no she is into it um and like what you're saying there though I actually, uh, you know, uh, at the start, Jer and I made the decision that we would bring her down to our local GAA club. And, you know, she went along to that. And I'll be honest with you, she didn't like it. She did not like it at all. And so then we went and we said, okay, we'll try something else. She was like doing her art. She swims, which is great. Um, But we, um, I brought her along to the local athletics club and she actually loved that. But like you, I was kind of saying, I didn't necessarily want her involved in the sport that I was in because I didn't want to push her into that once and make up her own decision. But she actually does like it, so that's great. Um, then I actually, um, we've uh, our local basketball club here, they're, they're a very good able-bodied team, um, Swords Thunder. Um, so she recently has actually taken up basketball. And she's good. You see, Lizzie's the type of kid, she doesn't walk anywhere. She kind of, she runs or she bounces or she combines the two. She's very energetic. So she needs this outlet. Um, and you know what? If she is good at it, obviously we'll nurture it. But Jer and I, our main focus with Lizzie is that sport is part of her lifestyle. That she, you know, will grow up, you know, um, just, you know, being healthy and exercising. Because Jer himself has taken up running and now he's doing the park runs. So, you know, he will find, I'll find his smelly runners in the sitting room and I can't give out about it because for like 10 years, um, my carbon fibre wheels and my smelly racing gloves were left in the sitting room. So I can't give out about that. But it's fabulous. We're all doing our own thing and it's very important. And finally, I just want to ask, um, obviously, I'd say you're an inspiration to a lot of young girls, particularly young girls who are involved in sports who may have certain disabilities. What would be your message to them? Just say a young girl who, who has a disability maybe wants to get involved in sport, but feels like she won't be good or, or struggling with self-confidence like every young girl does. What would be your message to young girls? Just do it. You know, you, you don't put any limitations on yourself. Try something. You know, be involved in sport. It's a good thing. You don't have to be an international athlete. Just enjoy being healthy, being fit. Just get out there. And I think it's very important for us to encourage our girls that when they get to teenage years as well, not to give up the sport then. You know, I, I, I think we you need to enjoy your sport. And then everything else will take care of itself. But I also think as, you know, I, our media has a responsibility, you know, to um, 
like you doing this interview here and stuff like that but say you know when it comes to Paralympic year RTE did some really great coverage this year um of the Paralympics um and Channel 4 obviously with their program and their setup it's absolutely amazing I just feel that we need to balance it better because I know that when I was young and for my parents it was really important that when I went down to Irish wheelchair that I saw the Siobhan Callahan's the Kay McShane's female athletes getting out their cars just coming from work getting their, their chairs out putting them together getting into that sports hall and just doing it I think it has to become more visual I think you know um I think it's brilliant that all of these Olympic athletes did their homework but I feel we need more re- uh, representation we have a voice we don't need people to speak for us and you know able-bodied um you know kids get to see it on telly with matches and stuff like that so I just think um I think people with disabilities just go out there do your thing whether it's through sporting arena through if you're creative you're an artist or in the business world get out there do it because I know for me it was the trailblazers that enabled me to have the career that I had and now to be able to go on and do what I'm doing now you know um but um yeah I I think we all have a responsibility that way don't we absolutely that's a brilliant note to end on Patrice Dockery thank you very much for joining us thanks for the so we're going to talk about making friends we're friends yeah yeah I mean pals can I ask you that again, Kira? We're friends. We're co-workers, which <sighs> is different. You, my friend, Eve. Oh, thanks, Pamela. No worries. That Pamela's my friend. <gasps> <laughs> Exclusive. I feel like we, I, this, this is just... I haven't even gotten into it yet. I haven't even gotten into it. So making friends as a grown-up can be more challenging mm-hmm. because when you're kids... You just become friends with everybody that you're surrounded by because of school or because of extracurricular activities and stuff like that. So I thought it would be interesting to talk about when you're a grown-up and not in college because I feel like your college friends, the same thing. You're all just kind of hanging out and flung together. But stuff like that, working together. If you're all of a sudden seeing people for eight or nine hours a day, how do you know if you're friends with them or not? I know that I'm friends with Kara because I ask her on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And what's the answer? It's usually, please stop asking me that. <laughs> It's usually this is really inappropriate. <laughs> You're not my friend. Get away from me. <laughs> Stop touching my knee or whatever. <laughs> I don't touch you. But it is weird, isn't it, when you're trying to make friends as a grown-up? Or have you ever been like, I think I need more friends? Not to be that person, but I have too many friends. Oh, I re- No, I do. Pamela. And a lot of them are abroad and they're like, oh, let's FaceTime, let's Skype, let's do all this. And I'm like, no. But I mean, it's an interesting thing to figure out how you can become friends with someone as a grown-up without coming across as a complete creep. Oh, I creep. I go too far. Really? And if they're weirded out by it, I'm like, next. You're not able for it. I'm <laughs> not able. Have you ever met someone on social media and then decided that you wanted to become friends with them, but then you actually had never met each other, but you were like, I'm definitely going to be best friends with that person? Like, it's <laughs> right here in this room. <laughs> Stalk is a strong word. Did I say stock? No, I would say, but something in the region of stock is what I did to Kira. Okay. Oh. A fan, maybe we'll go with. Okay. Um, and I believe I probably followed you and unfollowed you like numerous times trying to get you to follow me back. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just didn't. Didn't see it. So <laughs> I gave up after a while. And our friendship has blossomed into a beautiful thing. Yeah. I watched, when I heard that Pamela was 
gonna come to work here I was like I'll just watch some of her Facebook videos to see like is she funny yeah. and you were sitting beside me at the time and I just couldn't breathe <laughs> very funny like one of them not all yeah, technically I actually brought you guys together because I wanted to work with you Pamela and then I said oh do you know Pamela Joyce to you Kira?" and you were like mm, no. the name rings a bell I think she follows me on Twitter so I definitely knew. didn't say that <laughs> so you knew that's a lie that's fine that's a lot. <laughs> but I do remember then she watched your videos and yeah, she couldn't really breathe. So, yeah. And then when you met, was it just instant chemistry? No, it when was we awful. Met, it was actually so awkward. <laughs> it was terrible. So she came and sat beside my desk for like an hour or something and I just started firing quite Like I, I, I don't, I like to just go for it. I don't like this slow, like, oh, maybe we'll be friends. So That's I was weird because I passed you for weeks and you didn't speak to me. But I wanted to be Pamela's friend. <laughs> <laughs> So then you, you I just fired like 30 questions at her one after like what's your favourite movie where's your favourite place to go for dinner and like I gave the wrong answer the answers were not every good every single time <laughs> and I was like oh this is so disappointing and then the turning point was when we discovered our mutual love for Gavin and Stacey I like Ness oh what's a kid in what's a kid in <laughs> and, and how, how did that even was it, how did that come about we were just talking about like TV series I think and then we did you maybe bring up Gavin and Stacey and we were like okay we found common ground okay here we are the let's just not deviate from Gavin and Stacey yeah. ever it's stuff like she has a Harry Potter tattoo and that and I was like okay different <laughs> but you wear Christmas socks exclusively <laughs> different yeah, it's quirky though you're also pretty good at accents you both love accents do we? Mm, what are you talking about? <laughs> we dabble yeah you do dabble you we do you've spoken to me before mm-hmm. yeah. about this yeah. I'm <laughs> what? You're already starting Why don't to do you it. You just throw out a random accent. We see who does it better. <laughs> it's gonna be me every time. Oh, yeah, this, is, this, is this is really game. this isn't fair because she's incredible and I'm just like kind I'm of. I'm very doing out of practice. Yeah, okay, can we do a Spanish accent? Uy, pues tía, we can because I speak Spanish too, so it's very easy for me to do it. Uh, I would like for Kira to do it so I can hear how she can do it and make it very bad. This is not fair. <laughs> She's lived in Spain and can fluently speak it. But I'm speaking in English now. This my, is the game. Okay, my favorite chocolate bar is sneakers. <laughs> I could, that's just generic European. <laughs> wow. You're you still on the mainland. You win. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give it to you for that one. <laughs> okay. What about, what, about, <laughs> what about Italian? <clears throat> Here I go. Uh, where's the Yordamione? I don't know. <laughs> Let's try and keep it. Let's try and keep it good. <laughs> I feel like you're picking really hard ones where it's a different language. <laughs> like, that's... Okay. No way. I want to hear Was your, that your whole accent. I like. Oh, ciao. Excuse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where to find the, the bookshop. You can show me. That's not fair. <laughs> That's right. Jamaican. Go. Oh. All right, man. Feel the rhythm. Feel the rhythm. <laughs> it's just all cool runnings. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> where else are you going to learn that? <laughs> okay. What about Australia? Ah, oh, now we're talking. Oh, we are into the rhythm now. <laughs> we do a good border control. Yeah, so if you want to, if you want to throw over to my colleague over here, she's going to show you uh, some items you can't bring through border patrol. So basically, if you come into Australia with prohibited items, <laughs> we're going to test you for narcotics. If we find narcotics, you're going home, mate. All right, pass me back over to my colleague Jaya. 
<laughs> so yeah, uh, in relation to narcotics, that is my friend uh, Kira's uh, area of expertise. Expertise. <laughs> I actually specialise in packages in foods coming into the country. Okay. Because if you bring in any raw meat, any vegetables, what's any it going to do, Jaya? It is going to decimate the wildlife population of Australia. <laughs> yes. what it's going to do. Sniff a dog, you don't want to get a turd. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty much that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll okay. take a round of applause if anyone. Oh yeah, sorry. That was, oh, wow. um, that was very good. Wow. So your friendship is <laughs> sweating. Yeah. Do <laughs> so good, Jim Collins as well. Oh no, oh, babe. Oh my god. Do you remember that time I fell down on stage? I've seen it, babe. Is you alright? Yeah, I'm fine. Oh, I'm gonna see them, but I'm fine. How much are you gonna see them for, then, babe? About five thousand bottles of champers. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I feel like this is going to make me not be your friend, but I'm not a fan of Gemma Collins. Okay, babe. That's We're going to write this off. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Beth the off. Okay. <laughs> what's, the, what's the absolute situation with her? Why do you love her so much? She's hilarious. It's like, it's not even a character she puts on. This is her, like, taking her leave. Just, it is what it is. Yeah. She, she speaks so slowly, but She's I'm listening. Girls. She's probably a millionaire now at this stage. Easy. Yeah. yeah. Easy. But I feel like the thing that you guys have in common is the fact that you both love comedy. Yeah. We send, like, really funny voice notes, like, so she makes me laugh quite a bit, which I, I? like, and I I know I make her laugh. So. Oh, out loud. <laughs> like, I can't listen to her voice notes on the bus because I know I'm going to look like a psychopath. <laughs> I have to listen to them, like, in private, like, on the toilet or something. I don't know. <laughs> but you've done stand-up, right? Twice, would you believe? Only twice? Yeah. Would you do it more? Yes. It's very scary. Really? But very enjoyable couple of times I've done it um, I definitely think I could have been funnier okay <laughs> um, yeah it's just it's hard like you have to pretend to be real confident mm. even though you're nervous yeah. and I just can't I'm like a bad liar so I can't really pretend to be good right but, uh, I think it's one of those things I think if I actually just spent like if I worked hard at it I'd probably be okay mm. did you go but, into it writing all the jokes and have everything kind of set yeah I'd written the jokes and then also written them on my hand and then mm-hmm. um, I think I, most comedians do that off. <laughs> you know, but I think I always thought stand up was just someone going on a stage and just talking and like there was no preparation just whatever came into their head yeah but it's actually like such I would say it's an art can yeah. be dramatic about yeah. it like it, it's so to get it right is like so impressive. We well, have to yeah. really think and about timing the beats and yeah. stuff. Yeah, one like a joke isn't good enough. You have to like construct a little story around. Yeah. Unless you want to do one liners. Like, I wasn't know. there one thing that didn't Tommy Tiernan challenge himself to go on stage completely unprepared? Yeah, and to see how that went. And people still laughed at yeah. him, but just because of his but presence. Thing, yeah, is it? Yeah. yeah, are they laughing because he's an established? comedian I think they should laugh yeah I think if but he's always hilarious. like someone unknown just got up and just started like Winging talking it. about their day they'd be like savage yeah get up <laughs> so Ooh. Pamela what are you doing at the moment you're in college is that right I am yeah. back to college I am actually doing the masters that Kira did uh, 20 years ago it's <laughs> <laughs> really funny <laughs> three years ago you did it um I can't remember. Okay. Maybe no back more. To me. Okay, back to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a master's in broadcast production. Right. Very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And what are you going to do? Are you going to keep making videos and stuff? Actually, no. I've made an executive decision. Really? To what? step away. Yeah. More so because the bigger the page got, the more pressure I felt for it to be like fire content. To be like, yeah. it has to be amazing. And I didn't enjoy doing it. Like I post a video and I'd be really anxious for like an hour afterwards. I'm like. Ugh. Is it going to do well? Is it not going to do well? Wow. And I just stopped enjoying it. So unless... Pressures of social media, yeah. see? So unless a good idea comes to me that I can just work with, I'll, 
I'm going to leave it for a little bit. Really? Uh, yeah. I'm quite sad about that. Oh, I'll send a little vids to you, don't worry. Okay. Do you never, you don't get those ideas that you think that would make a great video? I've, I've actually got, I used to be like really switched on all the time. Yeah. I have like notes on my phone and videos and stuff and now I just don't really think Maybe you're anymore. just overthinking it now. And 100%. Like if you get an idea, you're trying to, like, yeah, and I'm like, I think I'm too hard on myself. Whereas I'm like, no, it's not funny enough. But everybody puts so much pressure on yeah. themselves. Anyway. And actually, I think social media has become such a pressurized zone. Like you're always thinking about whether you're funny or not. On I think a lot of people actively log on yeah. to give out about people and to make fun of people. Yeah. yeah. See, that sucks as well, though. Yeah. Because it's usually there are people who aren't posting. Well, not that they have to post either, but I think people who are making awful yeah. comments, like the, what's the point in that? Yeah. What about you? Are you going to write a novel? Uh, no, no one, no one would read that. <laughs> I'd read it. Um, I would read it. Yeah, okay, I guess I will. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, keep tweeting. Keep tweeting. <laughs> I can't tweet. Yeah. I'm trying to, trying to convince her to write a TV program and have me as the star. But Yeah, I'd love to write for TV at some point. That'd yeah? Be cool. Yeah. Comedy, obviously. No, I do real hard-hitting <laughs> political drama. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch it. Yeah. That's all the time we have for now. Ladies, how can we find you on social media? Give me your handles. Kira's um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, cringing. Oh. Uh, my Twitter handle is Beyonce Joyce. I have about three followers, so please bump it up. <laughs> Beyonce Joyce. Obviously. That's also my Instagram. And my Facebook is just Pamela Joyce. Um. <laughs> uh, my Twitter is just at Kira underscore night. And what's your picture on Twitter? Like my profile picture. Yeah. It's Beyonce, Jay-Z and the Mona Lisa with me as the Mona Lisa. <laughs> It's not a big deal, whatever. <laughs> Didn't take that long. Thank you very much to my panel, Pamela Joyce and Kira Knight. Thank you to Paul Donegan, who was on sound. We will chat to you next week. Bye.